Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team Force always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Welcome to Wilfred Watches Podcast, a podcast discussing pro wrestling from all corners of the world. And uh, today we have an interview with a referee, Referee Aubrey. She took part in WWE Evolution and uh, May Young Classic, as well as for several companies up in the Pacific Northwest, like Defy, 3-2-1 Battle, which we speak about in full length. She, of course, was the referee during that Tegan Knox Ray Ripley match during the Mayon Classic. Um, so we do speak on that slightly. Uh, lots of good discussions, uh, cool perspectives that we typically don't think about when we watch pro wrestling from a uh, referee perspective. So uh, hopefully you enjoy that. Uh, but before that, we have a lot of stuff that's uh, happening this week with NXT UK contracts that are exclusive. Um, that's crazy. Um, you've got people like British Strong Style, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bates, Trent Seven. Looks like Travis Banks is probably part of this as well. Uh, basically, NXT UK slash Progress Light is exclusive to WWE programming as of January 1st, per the reports. Um, so that's pretty wild. Uh, and you see the repercussions of that because Ring of Honor is jumping on PCO. Buying PCO up, um, formerly of WWF back in the 90s. Um, and uh, Brody King also signed. Uh, looks like NXT has also picked up ACH, which is a huge pickup for NXT programming. And now today... The reports from Fightful Wrestling is showing that Jonah Rock is going to be reporting to Orlando soon. So, lots and lots of movements happening. Not to mention, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Omega, um, and the the potential new company in 2019 looks to be banked by... The Jacksonville Jaguars owner. Um, so yeah, crazy stuff happening. The landscape is shifting quickly. And um, it's going to be a really interesting month of January. And I think on the 4th of January, we're going to find out very, very quickly. With the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. Where things are going to go after that. I think that's going to be very telling of what happens in the next four months. I mean, obviously it will, but you know, 
with companies who gets the title do we get a, a title change finally at wrestle kingdom 13 for the g1 climax winner it's very very interesting times um something that's also very interesting is jack swagger formerly of wwe is going to make his mma debut for bellator on january 26th um this uh 2019 next month i am fearful of seeing that uh i don't think that he belongs in mma but we'll see uh you never know uh let's see there's a lot of big shows coming up uh new japan's world tag league is just about to be wrapping up we're still awaiting um, uh, who's going to win the, the pick that we had on the Wilford Watches podcast. Um, that should be wrapping up next, uh, this upcoming week. Also on the 9th of Sunday, we have, uh, the Kings of Chat Style with my good friend, Mr. Warren Hayes. And we're going to have our guest on and we're going to say, we're going to say it now. We're going to let you know if you haven't saw online that we have a British award-winning author she's really really good at uh, professional wrestling uh, writing writes on diva dirts um, shout out to Kristen and uh, very very big on women's wrestling very very big on pro wrestling and she's gonna lend her insights to the Kings of Chat style Sunday also joining us um, as a special guest is BJ Mendelson. He's an author, a writer, and he's a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, so really, really big time guest we have on the Kings of Chat Style. Uh, we'll be discussing the effects of the brand split in WWE. Too many, too many shows, too many brands, too many things to watch. Is it too much? Is it not enough? Um, uh, also, we will be discussing the conglomerate of WWE and how it's turned very regional. We are kind of reverting back to a territory system where regions are are hot and other regions regions and territories are not. Um, so we're going to get really in-depth on that discussion here, our guest points of view um, about pro wrestling in uh, 2019 and beyond. Uh, so yeah, lots of fun things coming up. Uh, the winner of the World Tag League Pick'em will get a Wilford Watches t-shirt, uh, so that should be exciting. Shane, Mags and Bags, uh, uh, Jen making a late run with her Fin Juice picks, which I wasn't expecting Fin Juice to be at the top, but I also wasn't expecting uh, Yano and Ishii, and I strongly think Yano and Ishii are somebody that, uh, that's a team that pff, could win it, actually. Because I don't know what else they're going to do on the card. Um, quick look ahead to the rest of the month. We have the end of year awards. Um, we've got over 150 votes so far. Um, for best match, best hair, most underrated, most overrated. Uh, we're going to do a little wrap-up show to discuss what you guys think is the best of the year. Um, that's going to be with Robert of Robert's Thoughts on uh, Twitter. Very, very cool guy. He was part of the Fights of the Roundtable, the the pre-chat style discussion, uh, talking about women's wrestling. So I can't wait to have him back on. 
Um, then we're also going to speak to Matt Charlton later this month. Uh, he is the artwork uh, behind Eggshells, the book. Fantastic book with his brother, Chris Charlton, which you, of course, know will be on the commentary table for Wrestle Kingdom 13. So very cool. Chris Charlton um, will be there. But we will speak to Matt. Uh, very, very, very cool thing. He's essentially trying to chronicle the entire history of Japan via his art skills. And and it's amazing art. Um, so we're also going to talk to Norbert uh, from New Japan, France. Uh, that's going to be really cool. He's a very, very cool guy. Um, we also have some some other things coming up at the end of the month. Uh, we have a Christmas special. Uh, I'm not going to give you any details. It's going to be kind of like a progress show, like the progress unboxing show, where we're not going to tell you until you just download it. It's going to be just a huge surprise show, but it's going to have it's going to have a guest on there that you're going to have lots of fun with. Um, we also are going to talk to uh, um, yeah. That's it for now. I don't want to give too much away. But we got some big names coming up for the rest of the month. If you'd like to support the show, which um, many of you have already, I have uh, three shirt designs on ProWrestlingTees.com slash WilfordWatches. Uh, follow me at WilfordWatches, of course. All the support is is very vital to me continuing this, so thank you. And uh, here is my discussion with Referee... Aubrey, who is really taking the world by storm at this uh, this this year and going into 2019, and I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of her pretty soon. So let's talk to her. <laughs> Welcome to Wilford Watches Podcast, everyone. Um, this is a podcast discussion about pro wrestling from all corners of the wrestling world. Uh, so welcome today, uh, someone who has refereed in the Mae Young Classic, Evolution, uh, also for brands up in the Pacific Northwest at 321 Battle, e- uh, ECCW, uh, and many more. Uh, referee Aubrey Edwards, uh, Edwards, thank you so much for joining, Aubrey. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to hear about your time during the Mae Young Classic, which is a, a- an amazing event um, for all parties involved. Uh, so, so tell us about that experience and and anything you may have learned from that whole experience um, at down in at Full Sail. Oh wow! Uh, so, Mayon Classic, like as as you said, was just an incredible experience, and I was the only like ref from the Indies that they really brought in because everyone else was a full time NXT referee. So that was. Already, I'm like stepping into some big shoes with some of the best in the business, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, it I had a WWE tryout back in uh, July where they were basically evaluating me for May Young Classic, and that is probably like the most terrifying experience of my life, purely um, mm-hmm. because it's like these these are the best people at what they do, right? Like this mm-hmm. is the top of the business, and you just have legends walking around like I think when I was at the performance center like Scott Hall was just hanging out and <laughs> wow. that's that's just like oh okay yeah no it's just it's just Razor Ramon sitting over there no big deal <laughs> as you're like in class trying to like do drills and stuff so it can be a little bit intimidating um and then seeing people like at NXT Full Sail like everyone just 
doing their thing. It's like, oh, this is just a job like anything else, and Triple H is calling a meeting, and I'm like, oh, okay, Triple H is calling a meeting. This is this is interesting. <laughs> uh, it's a little different than like what I experience in a normal work day, right? Uh, but like the quality of the training was just excellent. The amount of like techniques that I had walked away with, uh, probably more than I could imagine. And I, there's, there's so much that I could go into about like the details and the finesse of like the role of the referee. But I'd say on a big level, the large difference was, uh, learning how to ref with a camera crew in the WWE format, so they've got their main hard cam and then two roaming cameras. Mm-hmm. And a lot of indie promotions also have cameras and they do streaming and whatnot, but, you know, this is a much bigger beast. So figuring out how to do that and handle all these different situations, even though it's recorded, but it's also in front of a live audience, and just trying to handle both of those scenarios at the same time. Um, Mayon Classic also was just, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I had learned, I had met a lot of friends through my uh, tryout. And it was nice seeing all of them again, but then also seeing a bunch of girls from the indies that I had grown to know and had worked with before, like uh, Nicole Matthews, uh, who was in the tournament this year, mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. ECCW up in Canada, which is one of the promotions I work with. And when I found out I was doing her match in the first round, I was like, wait, really? Like, yeah. Are, are you shocked? I'm like, no, this is, this is awesome. Like, it's just someone I know. Um, and being in a very new environment, you know, it's kind of scary. I'm nervous. So having at least like a little bit of, uh, normalcy and familiarity was definitely helpful, but yeah, it was, a uh, definitely very intimidating. Uh, I learned a lot, very humbling experience. Uh, but it was, it's, it's, it's almost, <laughs> I'm stumbling over my words cause it really is undescribable. So, so talking about the matches real quick, did you have, uh, you know, how, how soon did you know what matches you were going to ref? Did you learn of the day? Did you get a little bit of a, an advance warning of what matches you were going to, uh, you know, take care of? Um, what kind of warning? I'm just kind of curious as to how quickly you, you know about that, if you're allowed to go um, into it. Um, I didn't find out before getting to Orlando, but that's pretty much all I can say. Got it. Okay. So you're a referee, and mm-hmm. uh, that's really fun because I think the referee is one of the most important parts of the wrestling match, and 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 it's funny because you're the most important part of the match, but also you need to be the most silent or the most you know out of the way person in the match. So how how in the world does somebody get into refereeing in professional wrestling? Was that your goal? Um, or did you start training as a professional wrestler earlier in your career? I have kind of an interesting story, uh, if you don't mind me like going Absolutely. into it. I think it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of unique to to kind of I think how most referees most referees are former wrestlers or um, people who are training to be a wrestler, and that's like their entry point into being on shows and getting some in ring work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a wrestling fan as a kid. I never really watched it. I didn't have any brothers growing up. Um, I didn't actually watch wrestling until WrestleMania 27, which was, uh, I think, the Miz and John Cena main event. And, uh, so it was like, that was my like intro to wrestling. And it was honestly because a lot of the friends I was hanging out with uh, were like, oh, The Rock's coming back, Stone Cold's coming back. Let's, uh, let's get together and watch WrestleMania. It would be cool. So we treated it like a Super Bowl. We had like everyone brought like a dish. Uh, we had prop bets. We had like all of these things. But like I literally know nothing. Like I'm Googling The Undertaker 
as the Undertaker <laughs> having his match. Like that is literally how little I knew about wrestling, just to kind of set the context there. Um, and you know, it was fun. It was it was definitely an interesting show. I'm like, this is cool. Um, so then my my husband kept watching afterwards. That was like his. He watched as a kid, so that was his entry point back into wrestling. And then I remember coming home from work one day, and he says to me, "You have to watch this." And I'm like, "What?" And he has this like look on his face like no seriously you have to watch this i can't describe it to you and it was the cm punk pipe bomb and in that moment it dawned on me how wrestling is just another form of storytelling like it hadn't really clicked to me at that point and i think like that's part of the reason why i think glow was so uh well accepted by people because they figured out that's like oh it's just characters and story and this is fantastic this is why wrestling is awesome uh so from that moment on i was hooked and I pretty much go into any hobby 100%. So I'd be watching something on TV, but suddenly start looking up somebody, finding out all, about all these indie companies, suddenly start diving in there. So I'm trying to like catch up to where everyone else is at, essentially. Um, and all while this is happening, uh, I had been studying classical ballet for about 21 years. Um, and around May of last year, I had to retire due to some personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really, uh, it was really sad. And I went into like a deep depression because dance had been such a huge part of my identity, and I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't realize that mm-hmm. performing was such a big outlet for me. Uh, and it was right around the same time that my buddy of mine, who was the who is the senior referee at Three Two One Battle, my home promotion in Seattle, he came to me and said, "Hey, you know, I know you're going through a rough time." Uh, we're actually looking for more referees, and we come to all the shows. My husband's also a wrestler, so I've been going for a long time. They knew me. They they knew that I was, you know, I'd be a good fit for the locker room. They're like, you should try out. I'm like, well, okay, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I was terrible. I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like, when you only watch wrestling from the front, when you're suddenly standing behind people, yeah. it's a completely different ball game. Like, it's a totally different I perspective. Not, yeah. I did not realize how much, like, uh, you watch faces, correct, right? Like, when, when someone, like, really, like, when they take a hard hit and just seeing the anguish that they have, mm-hmm. like, I don't get any of that. <laughs> so even just, like, that little bit is like, oh, I'm suddenly not in my comfort zone anymore. Uh, and I was terrible, and I <laughs> was not taken onto the team initially. But I was told that, you know, I had potential, and they recommended that I start training, and if I did really good, I'd be on a show. And about two months later, this is, it was July 7th of last year, I wrestled my first match. Wow, that's really, really far to come. Like, you've come really far in a very short amount of time. And I love how you said that John Cena and that WrestleMania and The Rock and all these big names brought you back into it and then the pipe bomb and all that. I think that's really, really cool because, you know, the CM Punk pipe pipe bomb thing that brought a lot of people back in that realism that 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 was there whether you knew in the back of your mind it was you know not real or not it it was the fact that you had to ask yourself if it oh wow is this really happening and exactly it, it really brought everybody in who might have you know broke down that fourth wall when they were younger or they weren't really believed anything anymore. And, and it did so well to bring a lot of people back in. And, um, it's, it's fascinating to see how far you've come in that very, very short amount of time 
to yep. be part of the Mae Young Classic. That's just wild yeah. to me. So, and I mean, s- it's wild to me too. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, bet. And, I was and, like, maybe WWE will like know about me in like five years, and if I'm lucky, maybe like ten. But nope, they like contacted me the week of my one year anniversary. Wow. It was terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but you know that's that's uh, that's a comment and that's a uh, a compliment to what they're doing down there in Orlando and they are really and I I primarily just to give you some background I watch a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling um and you know Stardom uh, a lot of British wrestling organizations um and I watch the NXT events of course so you know to see what they're doing down in NXT they are bringing people along so quickly, um, getting them the stage, getting them the platform, and even to people like yourself and the refereeing and the stripes. So it's it's fascinating to see how far the NXT is coming to a worldwide oh, yeah. third brand, essentially. It's, it's really, really good for the world of pro wrestling. Um, oh, yeah. Something that I'm curious about when I streamed through your Twitter was uh, Girl Hebner? What what's that? What, can you explain what what that is to uh, to the listening audience? Uh, I'm very fascinated. Sure, sure. sure. Um, so, <laughs> three, two, one, battle. My home promotion. Uh, we're we we we're basically weird wrestling. We uh, have a lot of kooky, funny characters on the show. Like we have a, a big cat, Scott Henson, who's a guy in a who's, who's a giant cat. Um, Caden Talbain, who's a wolf. We have the Legion of Gloom, which is, you know, two guys, one from, like, an 80s goth, one who's, like, a mid-2000s emo. Um, We've got people from, you know, just kind of, we've got, like, an Indiana Jones guy. We've got, well, we have a straight-to-VHS movie star. We've got a lot of random wacky stuff. Fascinating. If you've ever heard of, like, Hood Slam, that's probably the closest comparison. Got it. Okay. Uh, So that was sort of where I started. And seeing as, like, that's kind of the goal is we want to be, you know, silly, kind of more comical. Like, it's still really high-quality wrestling, and, you know, we have we run a wrestling school, but we're running shows every every other week, so we're, we're really hitting it hard. But I needed a name when I debuted, and I wanted something that sort of fit what the school was, and there's, there's not a lot of lady refs out there, so it was like, it'd be cool to have something that's, like, very unique and uh, female. So we had actually just had a ref debut a few weeks prior to me, and his name was Wario Lopez. Um, and he had, like, a striped mustache that looked exactly like Wario's. It was <laughs> uh, and I'm like, okay, so if we've got Wario Lopez, I have to come up with something, like, as good, if not better, than Wario Lopez. And I sit down with coffee for my hus- with my husband, and he goes, you can be Girl Hebner. I'm like, well, it's, it's done. Like, discussion's over. That's, like, we can't come up with anything better than that. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you cannot get any better than that. Now, do you, no, take, I mean, do you take any no. bumps as Girl Hebner? Because he definitely, Earl Hebner, took plenty of bumps um, throughout his illustrious career. Uh, have you been part of uh, taking some bumps at all? I've, I've had a handful of collisions in my <laughs> career. Okay. Uh some of them accidental. <laughs> Most of, of them accidental. Because <laughs> you're an unbiased referee, you can't, uh, you know, sway the decision making uh, of the match. So collisions happen. It's a it's a contact sport. So right. I mean, Absolutely. people out of the way. I end up getting hit instead of somebody else. Mm. I think I've had 
powder thrown in my eyes. Oh my goodness uh, gracious. I've, I've uh, counted pins on chairs and then woken up completely bruised the next day. Like, oh, it's, God. It's, it's seen it all. <laughs> I've been uh, stopped off the top rope. Like, I can give you a list. So, I want to ask you about a referee thing that is really just for referees. Um, mostly we see stripes as the shirt attire, but um, do you prefer, personally, uh, solid black um, or the stripes? Or do you kind of want to go old school with the bow tie? Uh, I prefer the stripes. Um, I, I think it is. Uh, I think it is very similar to what you see in uh, professional sports, right? Like in the NFL, they wear stripes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably like the most visible one. I know basketball, they have their own uniforms. Uh, it's, it's just something about the stripes makes it seem very official. And like, that's what WWE does, right? Like they've, they've in, the, in the past have had the powder blues and they've eventually changed to the stripes as well. But that's sort of like the industry standard, right? And I like that... Um, as a woman, I get my shirt cut a little differently mm -hmm. so that, you know, because I'm, I'm not box-shaped. Uh, and I feel like the stripes actually do look a little bit better. Um, okay. They can look better as well with, like, a V. Like, I think about uniform a lot because there's a lot of unique challenges I run into as a woman <laughs> trying to sure, find referee clothes sure. that aren't meant for somebody that's, like, a bar waitress. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, I really prefer the stripes. Um, but I know that there's other promotions that have, say, their own unique ref shirts. Like, when I work uh, ECCW, we have gray polos with the ECCW logo on the, uh, on the chest. Mm -hmm. And I've worked down at Rocky Mountain Pro, and their refs wear purple and white polos. Uh, I've also, on occasion, worn uh, the powder blues with the bow ties. There was a, uh, a West Coast Classic event at one of the promotions I work up here, All-Star Wrestling. And one of the refs was like, hey, do you want to rock old school for this one? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I found like a powder blue shirt on Amazon, a clip-on mosquito bow tie, more of that. Uh, but I'm also like all about being wacky. Like going back to the 3-2-1 battle, we'll have steam shows on occasion. Mm -hmm. We have a wet, hot Seattle summer where all the refs dress as lifeguards. Uh, we have uh, our pajama jammy jam at the end of the year where we wear uh, black and white striped pajamas. We can get really unique with that one, so that was really fun. Which, which um, I then, saw on your Twitter, you had a tweet earlier that uh, a few days ago or something that you your like 300th match or something is going to be at the pajama. Uh, I had my 300th career match last Friday. Oh, actually. last Friday. And That's... then my 100th career show will be at Three Two One Battles Pajama Jam Jam. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Kind of, kind of awesome. That but, is yeah. very so, awesome. I think the most ridiculous one is we did a show called. Um, uh, it's Always Sunny in Seattle, which is a play on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I don't watch the show, so I had to have someone like send me a YouTube clip. But they apparently have this guy who you know, ends up showing up to sporting events in a full-body green man suit and just dancing ridiculously. Oh, God. So someone had said, uh, what if we ref in green man suits? So every single ref wore a, fully, like, a full green man suit. There, there was no cutout for eyes or anything, and then we put our ref shirts over them. And that was probably the most like physically challenging time I've had refing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to uh, I need to find that on on the internet because that sounds ridiculous. Um, there, there, if you scroll back to like I think it was like August or September on my social media, you okay. can find it. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's a weird question. So 
I'm not afraid to mention that I the, a lot of my listeners are New Japan, you know, focused listeners and NXT fans as well. Um, and uh, there's it's easy to f- have little crushes on some wrestlers. So, uh, you know, Sonata is a sexy boy. Kota Ibushi is another crush, a very hunky, chunky guy. Um, do you have any wrestlers that you have a, a crush on? Uh, just a friendly little... A little crush that's like, oh wow, I'd love to ref that match. Uh, yeah, male or female or alien or animal, whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of wrestlers nowadays, so right, we're accepting of everybody. Absolutely. Um, uh, I do. I'm not going to name names because I, I did have a, a wrestler crush, and I did meet them as a fan, and then eventually I did end up refing one of their matches, which was like, oh my god, don't lose your mind, don't lose your mind, don't lose your mind. Okay. <laughs> at work this is normal we're gonna be fine don't make it, make it weird <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm not gonna say who but uh it, it did definitely happen <laughs> okay got it that's very funny um so how physically demanding is is refing and did you think it was gonna be this bad um you know looking back and in, in when you started you know i'm sure it's very physically demanding and very mental, I'm sure, but but how physically demanding is refereeing in 2018? Uh, let me give you a rundown of my weekend to answer that question. Um, so Friday I was at 3-2-1 battle. I got my 300th match. Uh, in order to pull that off, I needed to do the first, like four of the first five matches on the card that night. So I did match one, match three, and four. I had a 10-minute intermission and then did match five. Um so my cardio is is pretty good, uh, but I was quite gassed uh, after that. The next day uh, in the morning, we drove uh, four and a half hours to Salem, Oregon for a 25-hour charity event uh, at the West Coast Wrestling Connections, literally 25 hours straight of wrestling. Uh, and it's for a good cause. People donate canned food. There's drawings, raffles, donations. It's great. Um, and I ref 15 matches over the course of that uh, show, and then I got in a car and drove four and a half hours again. So it's both like physically demanding from the athletic standpoint, it's mentally exhausting from the just having a long day, and then even when you're just not in the ring, like being in a car for an extended amount of time, driving from one venue to the next for hours, uh, it's it's pretty hard on my body, and I'm not like a spring chicken anymore. Like <laughs> I'm over 30, I'm starting to feel it. Uh, but like t- I woke up today and my hamstrings have not been this tight in a long time. Uh, I counted about, uh, nine bruises, three of which are bigger than quarters. Um, and then two weekends ago, I accidentally took a headbutt in a match on my nose and it was bruised for a good like week straight. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it can be physically demanding. Uh, I know that if you watch, uh, probably the best example is watching more uh, Matt-style wrestling, uh, like technical wrestlers, like mm-hmm. Thatcher, Zack Sabre Jr. There's a lot of elevation changes. We'll be up on the feet, and then we'll be down, and then we'll be up on the feet again, and we'll be down. And I love doing those kind of matches because I feel like it pushes me and what I'm doing physically. And I refed a match with Timothy Thatcher over the summer, and I, like, nearly died. Because <laughs> it's 15 minutes of just, okay, we're moving full speed, and, like, up, down, up, down, and then you've got to get out of the way so you don't, you know, get trapped anywhere and you don't want to get in the middle of the action. So you're just on fire, boom, 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 like 
it can't slow down at all. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. I think a lot of people wouldn't think about that. Um, you know, as a viewer is thinking about the elevation changing is you have to be on your knees, your hands and knees, you know, viewing, and then you got to get up and then they're diving outside. You got to, yeah, I, I don't think about that. That's very interesting. And you're climbing out of the ring, you're climbing back into the ring, oh you're climbing gosh. out of the ring, you're getting back in. Oh, I got a baseball slide all the way across because I can't see the shoulders from where I'm at. Okay, I got to get up. I got to yell at this guy. And at the same time, like, I'm in a ring with with people who are much bigger than me. And being a female referee who frequently refs men's matches, a lot of times these guys are over six feet, you know, they're really muscular and stuff. Like, if I need to get physical and, you know, get them out of the way, I need to conceivably be able to break up a fight. So I do a lot of, lot of stuff in the gym. Like, I do a lot of weight training. I do a lot of uh, interval training. I do a lot of cardio. Like, I got to be ready to go because it needs to be, it's a very athletic sport Absolutely. for everybody involved. Yeah. Well, wow. That's, that's very insightful. Um, so let me ask you, 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 I've, I've known a little bit about Defy Wrestling, which I've seen you, you referee in, um, and you're really all over the Pacific Northwest, which you've mentioned before. Um, are there any wrestlers or even referees or promotions um, that you may not have mentioned already that we should be keeping tabs on next year? Because, you know, the indies are really, really just just on fire right now all over the United States. Sure. But but what companies or names or wrestlers that we should kind of keep tabs on that, that you may know personally that, that I should keep an eye on? Right. Um, well, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, three, two, one battle, ECCW, Defy, like those are those are the really big ones up here. Uh, recently, uh, I actually got involved with starting up a new promotion that runs in Everett, Washington, called Without a Cause WAC, mm-hmm. and it's sort of the like a mix between uh, local and high level indie. Because uh, one of the things that Defy does really well is bringing in a lot of really well established names. Uh, but one of the things that I personally love about the Pacific Northwest being a homegrown uh, referee here is that there's so much awesome talent that I would love to be, give opportunities to and see them grow and see them achieve their goals. So we started without a cause with the idea that we were going to you know, bring in these big indie names to have draws, but also to give those opportunities to a bunch of local guys uh, to push them to be better and to give them opportunities to show their platform to uh, the world outside of just our little upper left corner of the U.S. Uh, so we run roughly once a month. Uh, we're doing our third show on January 13th in Everett, Washington. We've got PCO, we've got Vinny Pacifico, we've got DJZ, we've got uh, Alex Cruz, uh, and we have Extra Talented all coming in. That's very, very cool. That's a strong lineup, man. I mean, especially with... Yeah, it's with... a very strong card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She said PCO, and he's been in the news lately. That's that's fantastic. And and it's funny because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that he was actually in WWF, you know, when we were kids or however old you are. Um, yeah, yeah. What a career, man, that, that guy's having. And um, that's wild. That sounds like a really fun card. And they just followed me on Twitter today, so I'm going to definitely keep tabs on Without a Cause. So... Uh, Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Do you have any refereeing heroes? Um, I know we talked about Jimmy Corderas very briefly. Um, He was on the show about a month and a half ago. Do you have any heroes in the referee stripes that you kind of look up to or you you analyze or you practice their style that you look up to? 
I would be a very horrible person if I didn't say Earl Hebner, given uh, (laughs) given one of my ring names. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, obviously watch a lot of Earl Hebner. When I started, uh, I studied a lot of tape from Tommy Young, who actually ended up training Earl Hebner, uh, because his style was very physical, he was very quick moving, he was very animated, and uh, the people that were training me kept throwing his name around every time that I was in practice. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I kind of want to, you know, find somebody who fits what I want to be as a ref. So I watched a lot of his stuff when I first started. Um, Rick Knox down at PWG works with a lot of other LA yeah. promotions. He's, mm-hmm. uh, I met him last March. He came out to a show that I did when I was down in LA, and he just gave me, like, an incredible amount of advice. Uh, I, like, did not enjoy doing tag matches before I talked to Rick, and I had, like, the brain dump and secrets told to me of like, here's, here's how to truly referee a tag team match. And it's like, he's, he's done a lot for me. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have to ask you, and I know you don't have to get into all the details, but just, I want to know yeah. your personal experience about that Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox match. Um, you must've had your head on a swivel, um, panicking. Um, I don't know how you felt, but it just looked like I, that was the last person I'd want to be is you in that ring yeah. at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrifying looking. Uh, I was looking at it today. I was like, oh, my gosh. I wouldn't want to be anybody in that whole arena. Uh, that's the last person I'd want to be. So can you tell us a little bit of how you felt, you know, how you, you felt you handled that and anything you could have done better? Um, just tell us a little bit about that experience because that's a, a very unique experience that nobody else can have. Yeah. Um so, unfortunately, with wrestling, the, like, chance of inju- injury is pretty much 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get injured at one point or another. Hopefully, it's not bad, uh, but the amount of people I know who have had ACL tears, shoulder injuries, torn pecs, uh, like, it, it, you see some pretty brutal stuff. I've seen, personally, at shows that I've worked at, like, really horrible injuries happen. So, it's not you really hope that you're never in that situation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, that's just how it happened. It's like no one drew a straw and said, okay, we're going to throw, you know, Aubrey in this match and see what happens. Like, no, of course not. Um, so when, whenever I ref, uh, I typically remember like maybe one or two moments in my match. Cause I, I've done, you know, around oh, over 300 matches now at this point. And I remember like not all of them, a couple key ones I remember kind of like, how the audience felt, what the finish was, kind of key moments and builds and whatnot. But with the Tegan and Rhea match, I remember literally everything uh, because I just thought it's kind of like it was playing out in slow motion. And my big concern was safety because I know that both of those girls are giving it their all. This is the biggest opportunity they've had and they want to keep going with it. But at the end of the day, your job as a referee is safety of the competitors. So being able to uh, both manage their expectations for them wanting to, you know, continue in the match and put on this excellent match, but still at the same time understanding that, you know, we may not be able to continue this here. And just trying to communicate with everyone that was happening in the back, relay, you know, what the current status of things were, talking to the doctor when he came out, like... I definitely, <laughs> I don't recommend anyone ever get in that situation. And honestly, there's no real training for that. It's 
I, it was probably the most, I mean, Mae Young Classic itself was already very terrifying from a, like, emotional and nervousness level, but that moment itself was just, like, it was heartbreaking, right? Because Tegan was supposed to be in the tournament the year before, she couldn't do it because she hurt her knee, Mm -hmm. and now she's here hurting her other knee. And it's just, like, this is, this is going to be the greatest comeback story ever. Uh, but it's, it's unfortunate how we got here. Um, but I luckily did get to see Tegan again uh, when I went out to Orlando in September, and I saw her when I was in New York in October. And she is one of the most positive people I've ever met. Like, she's just all about, like, I want to just get back in the ring. I'm just going to rehab. I'm going to do whatever it is I need to do to get back. And I think she has the work ethic and the tenacity to definitely just get back to where she wants. Like, it's not even a question she's going to reach where she wants to go. Uh, this is just a minor setback in the story of Tegan Knox. Very well said. Yeah, it just breaks my heart just listening to you talk about that. Um, just yeah. just remember watching watching it as a fan. It was just it's heartbreaking. And, and it yeah. just really sucks to see you sitting there right there with her. In her worst moment, with all the eyes on her, it was just absolutely heartbreaking, even to hear about it right now. Um, but mm-hmm. at looking at a positive, like you said, Tegan Knox is a superstar, and she's going to come back mm-hmm. and just going to be amazing. And uh, we got Rhea Ripley to really shine and be herself out of it and, and, and really take advantage of it um, on social media. And that was it was very fun. In, in <laughs> to see her really kind of blossom on social media and kind of turn into her own megastar status. So I can't yeah. wait for that comeback because that's that's going to be fantastic. Now, I have to ask you, I know you're not going to answer, but uh, what do you got going on in April? Do you have anything planned? Um, I just bought my tickets to uh, JFK Airport today. Uh, I'm definitely going to go and check out some indie shows. And I'm hoping I'm going to be on one or two of them. Well, that's that doesn't narrow it down very well because there's about <laughs> uh, like a hundred different shows that crazy weekend. Uh, yeah. But yeah, congratulations! Hopefully, uh, we we can get you to see on more than one event because um, there's so many happening WrestleMania weekend. So uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, real quick, two quick questions: um, pizza or donuts? If you only had one and the other one was banished from your life pizza or donuts which would you keep pizza pizza hands down <laughs> is there a specific pizza that you have to have every time uh like what's your what's your no. go-to topping what's your go-to do you have a, a go-to or a favorite that you indulge on so i've been a vegetarian for a little over 10 years now so i don't eat any of the sausage pepperoni like none of that but as a vegetarian, I could go to pretty much any pizza place and not be limited in what I can eat. So as far as like yeah. a social food, like when I go out and eat with friends, like pizza is going to be a really easy option where everyone can walk away happy, right? Um, and then on top of that, oh man, I didn't know I was this excited about pizza. Um, <laughs> so my husband's from New York, so we've got the like really thin crust, good yes. sauce, cheese, standard pizza. I have friends over in Chicago, so you've got the, you know, deep dish casserole. And then mm. up in, you know, Seattle, we've got all of our artisanal pizzas, like white sauce, coat, uh, pear and gorgonzola, like 
all that stuff. Hipster, uh, hipster pizza. <laughs> regardless, hipster pizza, yeah, regardless of where <laughs> you are on the spectrum, like, there's so much good pizza mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, so I think, like, I think with donuts, I would end up getting bored. And I think with pizza, I'm always going to have variety. And I could at least say that it's remotely healthy because I could put vegetables on it. Thank you for, for the well-thought-out answer because we <laughs> we always talk about food on Wilford Watch's podcast for some reason. Um, anyways, um, so since my, my friend asked you on Twitter, uh, Omega Luke Podcast, he, he asked you about your favorite match that you haven't had yet or somebody you want to work with, and you answered it online, I think, but mm-hmm. was, uh, who would you, who's a dream match that you would like to be part of? That you may sort still, of. you know, you may still have a chance to, of course. May still have a chance. Uh, I answered the question on uh, Twitter. I actually said that uh, I'd love to work with Tony Storm. And really, like any of uh, the women that are making waves in the UK, Tony Storm, Ginny, um, uh, Killer Kelly. I got to work with Isla Dawn during the May Young Classic. Uh, but those girls are absolutely incredible, and I think the opportunities that I have in the U.S. to work with them are very minimal. So that's sort of like the, this is what I'd love to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a couple shows with Tony Storm before. We were both on uh, Beyond Wrestling back in April during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, uh, we were on the Mayan Classic together, and then we, you know, we caught up again back at Evolution. And she's just, you know, this incredible girl who's, totally killing it and has the brightest future. And I'm like, I really want to have a chance to work with her in an in-ring capacity. So she's like top of my list. Um, but I mean, like I, I would love to work with Charlotte. I think what she's done for women's wrestling in WWE is crazy. Um, I'd love to work with Daniel Bryan. He's probably one of my favorite all time wrestlers. Uh, fun fact. Uh, so Daniel Bryan's from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the retirement Raw happened. I got, I'm from Seattle. I live right across the lake. So when he retired on Raw, he retired in Seattle, which is like his, air quotes, you know, local uh, hometown. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, well, obviously no one knew at the time he was going to be retiring. He announced it on Twitter that morning. But my friends and I all had front row tickets because we're like, you know, Raw's coming to Seattle. The last time Raw was in Seattle, like we totally hijacked Raw. And, <laughs> you know, all this crazy stuff happened. Uh, and then that ended up being the retirement raw. And there was a moment where like, we're all crying and I'm a really ugly crier, like <laughs> mascara running down the face. Like, but I have, I have just like, I don't care. Like I just look like a mess. And at one point I noticed that there's a red light out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> so if you go online and you Google search Daniel Bryan crying girl, uh, you get me. Ah, <laughs> okay. That will, um, that's gonna have to be a must watch. Let me get it on the big screen uh, with my wife, and we'll we'll watch it here tonight. So uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, another quick question is yeah. your favorite movie. Do you do you have a favorite movie, or at least like a top two or three that you can share with us? The first ones that come to your mind. Oh God, what's my favorite movie? Oh, I just suddenly blanked. Oh, um, I love Fight Club. Like, I I love the one person being two different characters. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, I love the randomness of the plot, how it just hops all over the place. Uh, I actually read the book, for those people that don't know it was a book, 
uh, I went through and read the book, and it was like an amazing adaption to film. And the author, Chuck Palahniuk, I read a bunch of his other stuff. Uh, so Fight Club's a really great movie. I absolutely love that. Um, and since it's in the holiday season, I've been listening a lot of the soundtrack for Muppets Christmas Carol. So <laughs> just to throw out a complete, like, what's the polar opposite of Fight Club? Yeah, Muppets Christmas Carol. I would say so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so that's about it. Um, where can, so we can find you on Twitter, um, at ref Aubrey. Um, what do you have coming up here in the next month or so that, that you might want to share with us? Uh, where can we find you? Ooh, uh, next month or so, uh, we've got three, two, one battle, uh, every other Friday, uh, running in Seattle, Washington. If you're not local to Seattle, we actually stream live on Twitch and uh, keep Sweet. all the future episodes. You can actually go on twitch.tv slash battle and watch all of our previous shows from the last year uh, up there now. And I'm doing Defy later this month. In uh, middle January, uh, ECCW is doing their big annual show at the, the Commodore Ballroom. And they're bringing in uh, PCO, Nicole uh, Savoy, Bandito, Flamida. Brian Cage, uh, so there's uh, El Fantasmo, like there's a crazy ridiculous card, uh, and that's a two day event. So I'll be there working both of those. Uh, I've got TV for West Coast Wrestling Connection down in Portland, Oregon. Uh, what else? I have All Star Wrestling this weekend. We've got a um, uh, Body Slams for Hunger, and I think Frankie Kazarian's gonna be there. So. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I'm really busy up here. Uh, <laughs> Good problem to have. Uh, you you better get in some <laughs> extra cardio for that uh, Flamita and Bandito match because holy cow, those guys can go like a hundred miles an hour. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. So good luck with that. Um, get your best Thanks. shoes. Um, <laughs> stretch those calves out very very well because. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you, Aubrey, so much for joining. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up here, guys. Thank you for uh, listening. Please follow me at Wilford Watches on Twitter. Um, also, if you want to support the show, I do have a Pro Wrestling Tees store up, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wilford Watches. So, thanks for everybody who picked one up during the Black Friday sale. And uh, we will speak to you next uh, this weekend. Uh, with Mr. Warren Hayes on the Kings of Chat Style, um, the monthly feature where we have a roundtable discussion about pro wrestling. So stick around. Um, We'll see you this weekend. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And for people always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And for people always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.